The following is a sponsored program on 100.7 FM, WHIN 1010 AM. The views, information, or opinions expressed during this program are solely those of the individuals or participants involved and do not necessarily represent those of Braden Madison Broadcasting or its employees. 100.7 FM, WHIN 1010 AM presents Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program each Sunday morning at 10 AM. Sumner County Spotlight is brought to you exclusively by FNM Bank, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. FNM Bank offers personal banking, business banking, and mortgage loans too. FNM Bank is one of the top independent banks in Tennessee. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender, MMLS number 518158. Here's your host for Sumner County Spotlight. Jeff Shannon. Well, good morning. This is Jeff Shannon, and this is Sumner County Spotlight, brought to you each and every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock right here at WHIN. And we're so glad to have you because our sponsorship by FM Bank at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard is really crucial to help us uh, bring this show to each and every week. So we appreciate uh, all the folks over at FM Bank. Well, this morning, we're going to be jumping back into history and talking about history here on this uh, segment of Sumner County Spotlight. Today, we have Ryan Baker. Now, he was born and raised here in Sumner County, attended Gallatin High School, graduated from MTSU, and he became the executive director of the museum here in Sumner County in 2016. And you might recognize the name. He's married to Kim Baker, the uh, CEO of the Gallatin Chamber of Commerce. So, Ryan, welcome to the show, man. Hey, thanks for coming in. Morning. Thanks for having me. Let's kick it off and let everybody know who you are. Sure. Uh, Ryan Baker, born and raised here in Sumner County, like you said, made it as far as uh, Murfreesboro for four years and mm-hmm. came back home to Gallatin. I haven't found anywhere else I'd rather be, so here I am. Good. Love doing anything, you know, outdoors, hunting, fishing, kayaking, love being on the water. You know, Sumner County is great for that. We've got Old Hickory and the Cumberland River. And sure. Well, I mean, I think that's, uh, you've probably been itching like crazy to, to get out on the water now that it's starting to warm up a little bit. So that's going to be good for you. Absolutely. Fishing's picking up right now. Yeah. And, and you got the kids too. Are they, are they, you bring them out on it? Oh yeah. They love to get out, uh, especially my daughter. She's the, she's the daredevil. She'll, oh, yeah. whatever we do, <laughs> faster daddy or, you know. <laughs> They certainly get brave, and you're just sitting there back. That's that's right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, going to MTSU, what what did you uh, study there? So MTSU has a new program, or they did around uh, 2014. It's a recreation, sport, and tourism studies. And I'd been in school prior to that, and thought that I was going to teach history at some level, and ended up through some series of life events changed and ended up uh, with a focus on tourism. And when I graduated, uh, December of 2015, uh, the museum just happened to be looking for a director. And so started there March of 16. And here we are five years later. So in the initial stages of the museum, I'm sure it's grown a lot since then. But what what was your thoughts going into, hey, I'm going to be executive director of a museum. What am I going to do here? You know, in the beginning, I really I had no clue. <laughs> you know, I got handed some keys and there were some filing cabinets and a computer and and just a lot of great history in that building. Sure. And, you know, the, the museum actually started uh, in the night. It was founded in 1975. Uh, John Garrett, a local businessman, philanthropist, and uh, another gentleman named Robert Ramsey. So if you're familiar with Ramcraft Clock Company, they were kind of the two that kind of spearheaded mm-hmm. founding the museum. Uh, it was originally housed in Trousdale Place, which the museum now shares a pro- the property with Trousdale Place. Trousdale Place was the home of Governor William Trousdale 
also known as the War Horse of Sumner County, for his efforts in the War of 1812. But the museum was basically put together by volunteers and ran mostly by volunteers through his through its existence. Uh, the museum opened in 1981. Juanita Frazier and Alan Haynes were two of the really most glorified volunteers. They both put in over 20 years of service. Alan was responsible for most all of the exhibits you'll see in the museum today. And uh, Juanita did most of the, you know, behind the scenes, uh, handled like the business side of the museum. So, you know, a lot of thanks to them for keeping it going for, for so long. Sure. What's the square footage you have there? Uh, the museum's uh, right at 10,000 square foot. Oh, okay. And uh, we're full, you know, we've <laughs> got, we've got, we're artifact heavy museum, you know, a lot of stories to go along with those, with those artifacts. Sure. So how do you acquire history? Well, initially, a lot of what is in the museum was um, things that John Garrett had acquired. He was a collector. Before the museum started, he actually had a little cabin, which I believe was somewhere off of either Cages or Douglas Bend. I could be wrong about that. But um, he used to take kids out there for field trips before the museum existed to show them uh, a lot of his Native American collection, among among other things. Uh, But now, you know, we get a lot of calls. People ask, do you need this or do you need that or do you have any of these? And, uh, you know, it's gotten to the point where I've had to tell some people, you know, I do have four of those or I do. (laughs) <laughs> you know, or that might not necessarily relate to the stories we're sure. trying to tell, but um, we still get calls and we've actually recently added some new pieces and new exhibits mm-hmm. at the museum. So what are some of the new exhibits you have going on? So right now, um, Betsy Hawkins, who's the wife of uh, Jim Hawkins, mm-hmm. he had a, a law practice here in Gallatin. Uh, well, she called me one day and they had a large brass a lantern that used to hang at the old Howard Elementary School, kind of in the breezeway. It's it's a heavy piece. It probably weighs 20 to 30 pounds. Uh, but anyways, she donated it. So it's now hanging in the museum. And, you know, we posted a picture of it on Facebook and told a little bit about its story. And I was really blown away with how many people responded and commented and who remembered walking under that every, you know, five days a week as a child there at uh, Howard Elementary. We also have an exhibit on Perkins Drugstore. If you know, Perkins Drugstore, unfortunately, had to close uh, last year and was open for over 100 years as a you know business here in Gallatin. So we've got a, a small exhibit on Perkins. There's just you know new stuff coming in all well, the time. With Randy's uh, Record Shop, you have you have some artifacts in there, correct? We do. We've got the uh, not the original sign to Randy's, but it was mm-hmm. the sign that was probably up in the late 80s, early 90s before it closed. Lots of dot records. We've got an exhibit on Johnny Maddox, who was the first recording artist on Dot Records. Um, Lots of pictures of uh, Randy, the inside of the record shop. We actually, they're not on display yet, but we've got um, some of the shelving that actually held the records in the shop, which right now we're using to store some things that that aren't on display. But um, we've got one of the neon signs that came from Randy's. We actually have a 1904 Victrola, also known as a talking machine. (laughs) And it... It still cranks, still wow. plays. I'll wow. get about two songs out of one crank. So right now we've got an old Johnny Maddox song that we'll play maybe once a day. When you know, crazy things. And, you know, the record shops, well, nobody's buying vinyl anymore. 
well, the, the comeback has just been incredible, the surge, because mm-hmm. old things become new again. And it's kind of sad that, you know, they had to fall for that and all the other things that, that went on. But, I mean, what great history is there in, in that little building? Oh, <laughs> you know no. what I mean? It's like, wow, it's sad when things like that have to go away. Right. Yeah, it was unfortunate, you know, that that building did have to be tore down. I know it was in really bad shape, but the original Randy's Record Shop was actually on the square. Um, and then he ended up moving to the that final location. Mm-hmm. Now, luckily, when the building was tore down, the property owner uh, donated the brick to the museum. Okay. So we actually sell those as a fundraiser. So we've uh, we've probably sold 150, 200 bricks so yeah. far. People like the history. Oh, yeah. So what are some of the other fundraising uh, efforts you're doing? So right now, well, our biggest, the one that everybody knows about, and most people have attended, is our Candlelight Cemetery Tour. We do that the first Saturday in October every year Um, this will actually be the 25th annual so it's been uh you know a community favorite uh, for 25 years now we'll portray about eight to ten people that uh, reside there in the historic gallatin cemetery so you got actors Uh, that come out and dress up and do all of that we do yep they're all uh, all volunteer actors it's it's pretty amazing it actually takes about 70 volunteers day of to make it happen we've got scouts filling luminaries and people you know tour guides and your actors and all of that so you know people get involved and they like to be a part of it well i think you need to you know get kim in there acting <laughs> you she know she's a good actor <laughs> she i think she was the greeter one year was she? Yeah. yeah she was the greeter but uh she kind of she helps out on the logistics side. Her and yeah. uh, one of her coworkers last year they handled. Uh, we changed the way we do things. Used to it was just a general admission ticket. You could show up whatever time you wanted. And man, about dusk we would have a line that people have told me that they waited for two hours Get before out. to take the wow. tour. So actually, due to COVID last year, we we were st- we decided you know it's an outdoor event. We're still going to have the tour. We're just going to limit the number of people that can be there at sure. a time. So uh, we actually set out scheduled time blocks so your ticket was for a certain time and it it ran without a hitch it was just a smooth sailing so we'll continue to do that from from here on out Uh, so no more wait time really i just get there about 15 minutes early but that's you know that's one of our later events in the year we also um we flirted with doing a songwriters event at one of our historic properties, not the museum, but another property that the museum owns. We'll talk a little bit more about uh, shortly, but we actually have a three-part series this year. It's going to be second Saturdays in June, July, and August. And Jet Williams is handling the talent and getting us some really good uh, songwriters for the event. So we'll have those coming up. Tickets are on sale now. And where's that going to be? It's at Historic Stonewall. So okay. it's uh, on East Main, 332 East Main. It's right across the street from Captain D's and Arby's right there, okay. just a couple blocks from the square. How long of an event is that? You have tickets for that? We do have tickets. Okay. Uh, they're uh, available now. The event gates, the doors will open. Uh, it's an outdoor event, but the grounds will open at 7. Uh, the music starts at 8 and go about till about 9.15. Well, you got to send us some information over here. We'll plug it for you. Absolutely. Yeah, we get. I'd love those kind of things. And you know, I think with the songwriters and all the musicians being affected so heavily this year, I, I'm really glad that they've lifted all of this and especially encouraging outdoor events like the one you're talking about over there. Mm-hmm. And people are going to want to get out, and it, they've already started to show that. So, I, I know your candlelight thing is probably going to pick back up this year. 
Oh yeah, and la- you know, last year I was a little worried. Um, we did reduce capacity a little bit. Normally, about a thousand people come through between four and ten p.m. Uh, we reduced the tickets to six hundred, fifteen minutes every um, seven minutes, but uh, we sold out. So. Mm-hmm. People were still, you know, supporting us, and we were, we were glad for that. But then we've also got another event. Uh, it's going to be the last Saturday in June, June 26th. It's going to be the Historic Stonewall Music and Arts Fest. Okay, we're actually yeah. dropping the lineup for that this week. Good. Uh, so be looking for that. I'll send you so, that information yeah, as well. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have, it's going to be all Sumner County. So all Sumner County musicians, artisans, vendors, food, beer. We have Half Batch from okay. here in Hendersonville, yeah. Briar Scratch from Nate, Mountain Cottontown. Nate's my buddy. Uh, yeah. Nate, great guy. <laughs> great guy. They, they've supported a lot of our events. Yeah. And so, so they'll be there, and we're, we're really looking forward good. to that. And it's it's so good that we're we're kind of bringing these things out. You know what I mean? Gives things for people to do. Absolutely. You know? And because I think that's what people really want to do. And you know, still do your safety things that you have to. I mean, a lot of people have been vaccinated and got double shots and things like that. But still, you have to wear the mask. Right. But I think outdoors uh, kind of opens it up a little bit more. So uh, we're talking with Ryan Baker. He's the executive director of the museum here in Sumner County. What's the official title of the museum? So it's Sumner the County Museum. Sumner County Museum. That's it. But it's actually uh, comprised of four um, different properties. Mm-hmm. So we've got the museum itself. Uh, like I said, it built in 81 behind Charlesdale Place. And then just uh, not, not even a mile down the road, we've got kind of a little compound there. We've got historic Stonewall built in 1831 and the historic carriage house built in 1839. And then behind those, they, those properties are right beside each other. And then um, to the rear of the carriage house is the old county garage building that we just call the shop. It was built in the 1920s, uh, served as the county garage. And for the last 40 to 50 years, uh, Mr. Garrett, who resided at Stonewall, mm-hmm. um, he used that shop to build antique reproduction furniture, which he, I don't know if he ever sold a piece. He, he made <laughs> hundreds of pieces, but he would give them away uh, to individuals or to different uh, nonprofits, let yeah. them auction it off to, to raise money. No, that's... Um, he was very talented. He actually, one of his bedrooms upstairs in Stonewall, there's a carpet that he made on a loom in the shop and i don't know how many man hours went into that but it was it was quite a quite a few yeah well hey when we come back let's talk about your vision for the museum that's coming up and the things we have coming up uh, with the buildings and such i know we've got some changes coming back so we're talking with ryan baker the executive director of the sumner county museum right here in sumner county and we'll be right back after these words fnm bank presents sumner county spotlights since 1906 fnm bank has been serving middle tennessee with first class products and services visit them today at 221 indian lake boulevard in hendersonville or myfmbank.com and we're back with Sumner County Spotlight right here with Jeff Shannon. Good to have you along here this Sunday morning. And, of course, if you if you missed the broadcast this morning, it's going to be on our podcast page at whinradio.com starting Monday morning at a little after 8 o'clock. So if you want to check that out, you can just listen and listen and listen. And there's a bunch of them up there, too, you can check out. We're talking with Ryan Baker, the executive director of the Sumner County Museum. Ryan, tell us a little bit about the, the vision you have, and I know some expansion ideas you have going on. All right. So Historic Stone Hall right now, it's, it's set up as it would have been kind of in the 1850s. We are 
currently we host some different museum events there on the property in the house or on the grounds but we also rent it out for private events as well so birthday parties we've had reunions teas uh, the gallatin girls cotillion have a tea there we've done a lot of different uh, showers and events what's your capacity indoor you can do anywhere from about 50 to 60 people and then if you're using the uh, porch and patio and the grounds you're looking at up to up to about 200 wow Okay. Now, I noticed that a lot of the older buildings, especially in that era, people were smaller then. (laughs) So the (laughs) the furniture was lower to the ground, the doorways, the rooms, everything. Is that the the same situation there? Is that more higher ceilings and opened up? It definitely has the high high ceilings. I'm I'm trying to think. I don't really feel like the counters are too low. Um, It does have a modern kitchen in it. uh, So it's great for uh, catering small events and things. So you can bring in your own caterer to do that. Absolutely. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, they have to be approved Uh, caterers? They they would. Yeah. 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 Because you don't want to misusing the property. For sure. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Don't want that. So you're you're going to be expanding? um, Well, so we've got we've got the you know that property for the events and things like that and then next door the carriage house originally was going to house be the new home for the museum okay. but we've, we've kind of revisioned that and what we're looking to do is tie in to the art and the culture for the county and create a kind of a modern day art and culture center okay. and that would house some office space on the second floor just to bring in additional revenue sure. to help sustain these old you know real estate yeah. So and I guess if somebody wanted to get more information about the different properties and mm-hmm. things, if they have a, an event or something like that, how would they reach you? Uh, so they can reach me. My um, The phone number at the museum is 615-451-3738. And then my email address is ryan.baker at sumnercountymuseum.org. Okay. Well, there you go, folks. You, you definitely want to get involved with that because it's a, you know, a great property. I think people like ambiance. You know what I mean? It's a, from Florida. Everything down there was ballrooms. You have four walls, <laughs> you know, 30, 50 foot ceilings. You know, it's just there's really wasn't the ambiance. People like the older plantation style homes out by the lake, something with history. And this is the you have the whole package right here. So, oh, yeah, we got it. It's a it's very, very unique property. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, Great location, too. So what are your hours of operation? Get a ticket to go through or so, show up? or So right now, we are free admission for Stonewall and the museum. Now, Stonewall is only open on Tuesdays from 10 to 4. Okay. And then the museum is open Wednesday through Friday from 10 to 4. But um, this year, we started... Um, a new kind of campaign and we are looking for monthly admission sponsors and what that does is that allows anyone from anywhere to come through and tour the museum and stonewall for free okay. and right now it's open it's free admission april and then next month in may and that's thanks to the sumner county anti-drug coalition Very nice. they've sponsored those two months yeah. Well, I mean, I think you need that to operate because, I mean, the, the upkeep on these properties being older properties has got to be monumental and you got to have funds uh, to, for that. So if, if, if people want to donate or become a sponsor, mm-hmm. they need to get a hold of you. Right. So give me that email again. <laughs> Ryan.Baker at SumnerCountyMuseum.org. There you go. And, um, we actually just rolled out a new corporate uh, membership package that includes different types of sponsorships for all our events, uh-huh. admission sponsorships, um, exhibit sponsorships. So there's we've opened the door to 
to a lot of new potential um, as far as uh, sponsoring different types of things at the museum. And then we also have our uh, museum association as well. So individuals, families can join and they'll receive different benefits for that as well, which include like tickets to some of our different events and, and other things. But there's there's a lot of great ways to get involved. We have volunteers that come in and just help kind of run the front desk, greet people as they come in, answer questions, you know, answer the phone, things like that. I mean, then we also have other people that come and they'll slap a coat of paint on the fence at Stonewall or come help in the yard yeah. or we've actually got the master gardeners who are helping maintain and you know keep up the sure. the, uh, the grounds there at Stonewall so there's a lot of different ways uh, to get involved we have a few work days at Stonewall every year and um, yeah so we're, we're thankful for all the people that do you know get involved and help you know at events Absolutely. and yeah. all sorts of different things well people don't realize the the upkeep expense you know, like I said, for these properties, you oh, know, yeah, and, and pressure washing. I mean, you got to be real careful when you pressure wash these old buildings and things like that. So you have to have somebody, you know, obviously that knows what they're doing with that because does Gallatin have a historic commission? Yes. Um, so everything has to go through them. If you wanted to upgrade uh, a windowsill or something, you have to get approval. You know, right. And they're, um, I think they're, they're, they're pretty easy to work yeah. with. Okay. Um, but there, there is a, there is that component. And then if you're, if the property is on like a historic registry, then there's more things you have yeah. to do a lot more that you would have to go through if you wanted to make changes and things sure. like that. Yeah, and, and folks, you know, you just just like the, the chambers, I mean, they're nonprofits and, they, you know, you do events to, to bring in money to help support the running of this organization. People can just donate if they wanted to. Sure. Just yeah. a, not a business, but hey, I want to donate to the museum and they can do that. Do you have like Venmo set up or anything like that? We, do. we have a, a PayPal on our website, okay. so you can go directly to our website. What's Sumner, that website? SumnerCountyMuseum.org. Easy. And just a click of a button and boom, you can make a donation to the museum. That's, hey. Easier the better. And That's I think right. now, especially, people are used to doing that now, working from home, working on their computers and doing everything virtually. Oh, no. So, yeah, that's that's going to be awesome. So, we talked a little bit about some of the, the events that you have coming up. When they have these events, can they tour as well? Usually we do. So, okay. we didn't last year because of COVID, but this year... Um, we'll have tours scheduled for about every 30 minutes at Stonewall, and we'll have the house open at the Songwriters Night okay. as well. Oh, very nice. For, for, you know, get, so getting involved, they go to the website, they can email you. But I think if you go to the website, you're going to see everything there. Name some of the, the artifacts and uh, things that you have, the exhibits you have currently there at the museum. Sure. So it's set up. Uh, pretty much in chronological order. Uh, we've got some old fossils and geos, but we've got a extensive Native American collection, everything from here in Sumner County. And then it goes through an exhibit about the uh, long hunters that were in this area. Um, we've got a blacksmithing shop, a tinsmithing shop, gunsmithing, textiles, a little bit about Gallatin's first courthouse. Gallatin's first stoplight is in the museum and it actually still works. Get out. Um, <laughs> but it doesn't have a caution symbol on it. It actually has a bell underneath that will ring a couple seconds before the uh, before the light changes. Yeah. So maybe we need that today. So if you're texting and driving, you know, you'll hear that, that buzzer. And, now, here's know. my main question. Now, out of all of this historic artifacts and mm -hmm. everything else you have there, you have to have a very young room with just a shrine to Barry Young. Oh, Barry Young. Yeah. <laughs> just kicking in. Going, what's yeah. he talking about? Right. No, no. And I actually talked to Barry uh, uh, on the phone yesterday. So, no. Barry, love Barry. Great guy. Um, 
Uh, but now we haven't put him in the museum yet. <laughs> yeah, he ain't <laughs> He'll old tell you he's yet. not that old. That's right. <laughs> hey, but he plays golf too. So he, right. he was out at the golf tournament the other day. <laughs> so with the upcoming events that you have, um, how far do you usually book these out? Or do you, do you plan like yearly or is it uh, six month increments or? Yeah, about six months. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you get different things. Now, how many of the songwriters nights are you going to plan? We've got three. Three. This year. Okay, good. Yeah. It's uh, songs and stories at Stonewall on the second Saturdays in June, July, and August. Yeah. Uh, now, is this inside? Do you have like the inside uh, where this is going to be? Or? It's going to be on in the courtyard in the back. Okay. Mm-hmm. And rain plans? It'll probably, we haven't set those yet. Okay. Um, but it'll probably just fall the, the next day. Sure. Yeah. Um, well, that's yeah, that's pretty cool. But, you know, there's just so many great things historically here in Sumner County. Someone had something that they got from their grandfather or something like that, and they wanted to donate it to the museum. You would, I guess, have to look at it first and evaluate that, see if it would be viable to, to put in the museum. Um, and sometimes I'll just have boxes show up on the doorstep and, mm-hmm. you know, with maybe a note or something like that. But please don't do that. Um, <laughs> give me a call. Reach out to me. Uh, we'll take a look at it. I've got um, a small committee. Basically, what we do once we receive the item, uh, we have 30 days to determine whether or not we want to accept it. And if we do not accept it, then um, the donor has an additional 30 days to pick it up. After that 30 days, we can kind of do with it what we want. Um, If we do accept it as a donation, then the donor can kind of say, well, either if you ever don't want it anymore, then I'd like you to do this with it or, you know, please don't sell it. Or, you know, some people say, you know, if you don't want it anymore, you can sell it. Yeah. So uh, that's kind of, you know, up to the, to the donor. So what do people have uh, some of these older vehicles? Do you take those as well? So I know you're limited kind of on space with that, but yeah, you know, I haven't had anyone reach out to me about a vehicle pianos. Yeah. I get a call about once a week for a piano. Wow. Um, I don't think, I think you can almost have to pay people to take pianos now. Uh, you know, right now I don't have the room. I did have somebody reach out to me about an airplane once. Um, I don't know where I would put <laughs> where I could put that, uh, you can hang it from the ceiling. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. We're uh, we're we're definitely uh, strapped for for space. But now you do have a uh, you have one of the old fire trucks, right? We do. We have Galton's first pump fire engine. It mm-hmm. actually ran up until the 1970s. I've been told it actually used to be on the on the main floor. Now it's in the basement. So that's probably the number one question I get is how did you get it in here? And, you know, I'll let people try to figure that out. But, um, uh, yeah, we've got that. It, I've been told it takes two people to steer it if you're going under 10 miles an hour, but it'll also get oh, up to yeah. 50, 60 miles an hour too, which is kind of yeah. scary. But it was actually, yeah, one good story about that. There was a, a fire in Nashville. It was a big, I don't remember what year, but it was a big story, a big fire. Um, they were calling for support from surrounding areas. And apparently this engine, uh, while most engines, they could pump for a while, then they'd have to give it a break. Uh, this engine sat pumped 12 hours straight all through the night. Wow. Never, never, never let off. So, um, yeah, it's downstairs in the basement. We've got some, we've got a Model A, a Model T, an old uh, Chevy Coupe. Uh, but probably the most interesting car would be one that actually belonged to John Garrett. And we have his 1909 Hupmobile. 
Hup. And it's HUP, yeah, H-U-P, HUP Mobile, made in Detroit, Michigan. Um, it's a two-seater. It's got a convertible soft top on it, gas-powered headlamps. So you have to light them up before you drive. I don't think they actually projected light, but people could see you coming. So, um, Keep yeah. away from the gas. Right, yeah. It's uh, it's down there. And actually had a, a HUP Mobile club out of, I think it was Colorado, called me a couple of years ago, and they were wanting to know all about it. and. Plan to come and visit, but I don't. I don't think they've they've been down yet. But they say that they think it may be the oldest Hupmobile in existence. Wow! And you so have it. We've got well, it. You got to go down and see it, folks. That's yeah. for sure. So Ryan, give them uh, your email one more time. Yep. So it's Ryan R Y A N dot Baker at Sumner County Museum dot org. And the website again? Sumner County Museum. Nice and simple. Yep. That's what you got to do. Hey, Ryan, thank you so much for coming in and visiting with us. I mean, I, I think it kind of encourages people to go down there and see what we've got down there. And that's uh, I think it's amazing that you're you're doing that and all the hard work that goes along. We appreciate all the volunteers as well. So got to keep this thing happening, keep the history going here in Sumner County for sure. So, Ryan, thank you so much for, for coming in. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. That's going to wrap it up for this part of Sumner County Spotlight. We'll be right back after these words. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. And we're back with Sumner County Spotlight. Uh, this is Jeff Shannon, and, well, we're in the history uh, section at this point. <laughs> so we're, we had to bring in Deanne DeWitt. Now, Deanne graduated from University of Illinois, Chicago, uh, Chicago, not in Chicago, but no. in the College of Engineering in uh, Illinois. That's right. That's what right. Else? Illinois. Illinois. <laughs> I call it Illinois, but... You yes. can call it Illinois. Illinois. Illinois sounds right. <laughs> well, she has a BS in industrial and system engineering, and she, well, I guess immediately went to work with Price Waterhouse, and uh, through the merger and acquisition, left the industry as a principal consultant with IBM Business Consulting Services after 16 years of service, right? About that, yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that. that feels like ancient history at this point. Wow. It, it, it doesn't it? It's it like, does. you look back on it, how did all this happen so fast? <laughs> Gosh. Yeah. It's, um, and it's probably been about 15 years since I worked for them. I wow. retired from this, IBM after 16 years. That's what, we'll, what that's what we'll call it. That is amazing. So, uh, Deanne DeWitt, tell us about yourself. Oh, goodness. We uh, touched on it a little bit here. Well, that sounded awfully formal. That's <laughs> it, it, it does feel like ancient history, but it's obviously shapes who I am. And yeah, I'm a very proud transplant from the North. We, uh, my family moved here. It's about nine and a half years ago. Uh, my, my, Two daughters were born in Cleveland, Ohio, before we moved down here. And gosh, we hit, feel like we hit the jackpot landing here. Well, you know what? It's funny. Initially, we moved in and I laid under the radar as long as I could. I developed some golf skills. My husband was really, really jealous. We moved onto you. into a golf course community because that was his dream to someday retire on a golf course. And then he would just watch me leave every other day and go golf. And <laughs> <laughs> so I, I give him a run for his money nowadays. Yeah. But um, in any case, yeah, I've I've loved living here. And since being here, I've been able to to work for free. <laughs> 
I do feel like I work. I do feel like I have a very full week. So, so you're in radio? <laughs> <laughs> Add it to the list of thankless jobs in the world, right? That yeah, uh, right, you, yeah. you maybe get something in the, the, the mailbox or the yeah. uh, bank account for. Yeah. But uh, I've been able to do a lot of, I think, great community development work. So I've been with worked with a lot of different nonprofits. I did PTO work for Jack Anderson Elementary, which is an exceptional school. I'm really yes. proud of that yeah. school and, um, and all it offers to its students. And in, I guess it was 2018 when somebody tapped me on the shoulder and said, you should, you should consider running for office. And I thought, Say why what? would I want to do that? <laughs> that sounds like throwing myself into the fire with a bunch of conflict and people always trying to, there you, go. you know, yell at you. And, but you did, you ran. But I did. I did. And, you know, it has been an outstanding experience. I've learned so much in the last few years. I've met such awesome people. Um, I feel so much more resourceful now than I ever have been um, through those connections and the knowledge. Yeah, you know, it, it seems like every every couple few months a, a new page turns and I find something else that I really need to dig into. Um, there's a lot in county government, a lot yeah. of any kind of government, but... So the Summer County Commission, I mean, they've done some really great things and you're going to get people that like what they did and some people that don't like what they did. But you're in District 6. Tell us what those boundaries are. District 6 is uh, a little bit of Gallatin, a little bit of Hendersonville. So right at that border, um, my district is the south side of Nashville Pike. So about from Gallatin High School to a, about where Bluegrass is. Oh, um, Okay. Along the water side, so. So you get a lot of vocal people in that uh, district, for sure. I do have a lot of vocal people, a lot of smart people, yeah. um, a great voting to block. So if you're going to run for, you know, to have the most votes in all of Sumner County. So you're right in the middle of the goat farm, then. I am right in the middle of the goat farm. <laughs> Aren't That's you loving a, that? Let's talk about that a different time. <laughs> we could I'm do kidding. a whole show on that. We could do a whole show on that. It is, a you know, that again, there's plenty of topics out there that have Absolutely. you know two sides of the debate and yeah. i think yeah. it's um i think it's a well-designed project it's got to you know do a little bit of work to make sure the residents that are uh, adjoining to that property feel comfortable but i think it's going to provide some great sure. amenities for our community well i think anytime there's change you're yeah. again you're going to get people that don't want it and then you get the people that do so i mean yeah. you just have to move forward with what everybody thinks is the best for uh, at that particular time and Right. Yeah. right. So now you, what are your, some of your priorities uh, as a commissioner? Well, you know, like I said, every couple few months, it feels like there's something new that kind of catches my attention. You mentioned my engineering background and as, as much as I never practice as any kind of engineer or professional engineer, I really have a strong analytical mindset, uh, problem solving, process improvement. And so, mm-hmm. I, you know, I think I bring that a lot to the commission. And so as far as priorities, you know, our schools and, and I said this when I was running and I, you know, will always say the schools, that's the biggest part of the budget. It's 80 percent of our budget yeah. and making sure that we have excellent schools is for the best of all. So anything related to the schools is has been a priority for me and making sure that we we do it right. But along the lines of all the other process improvement, you know, I have seen things when I first, when the first year we had, I think there were six of us that were new to the role of county commissioner and I became the the de facto freshman class president. And I set up meetings around all the county offices to make sure we could interact and get to know what these different departments were and just what their job was and uh, the scope of work. And it's the kind of thing that should exist. I think, you know, if you're onboarding a new employee of any sort, you should have some kind of, so I'm going to work with whoever is a, a new county mayor, make sure that they get something like that, sure. some kind of project like that for all new officials. But um, I've gotten pulled into a lot of different things that are, you know, related to technology and just overall transparency of government. 
um, are, we're working on developing a new website. Probably, I think it was about a year, you know, I was, I was about to say a year and a half ago, but I think it was probably more like two and a half years ago because last year somehow well, just is a, a void. I totally forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Anything that feels like a year and a half ago is probably two and a half years ago. Nevertheless, we should be doing more, I think, as a county for some of the nonprofits that really serve citizens yep. in ways that no other entity can. And, and so those those entities, there's so many different great nonprofits in our county that are doing really good work and they are providing vital services. But as a county, we've never been able to, I wouldn't say prioritize, but just consider fairly their role and consider any kind of support from our budget. So we have a pretty minuscule budget. I'd love to share with you the, so the engineer and me, I developed this really detailed spreadsheet and I analyzed all the surrounding counties and, yeah. and looked at, you know, the, the level of investment and, and we're pretty pitiful. So um, I redesigned a process so that we can talk about our nonprofits in a more detailed way and, and, and work through a kind of a panel allocation process to think about those. So that's just one of the little things I've, I've, I've taken on and, and tried to resolve and improve. The Comer Barn has become really my passion project. I'd say it's, it, it is my full-time job on top of my part-time job as a commissioner. Well, and it can be a full-time job <laughs> just, just dealing with this because I, mean, I know there's so much involved. For those folks who really don't know the history of the Comer property and the, the history of the, the Comer area there, maybe you could fill us in a little bit. Sure. I know we could probably talk days. Oh, we could. You know I, what I mean? There's so much history there, but if, can you just give us a background? Sure. The... Um well, the Comer Barn that people know of and see and think about, and um, it, it's that stone barn that sits there really right at the juncture between Gallatin and Hendersonville along Nashville Pike. And that, that property in the 1930s was a 500-acre farm owned by the Wilson family. And if you ever drove up to the front of that barn before it now has plywood at the front of the barn, but when you saw that beautiful old white, uh, the starburst window at the front, it said Wilson Farms. And so when Guy Comer bought that 500 acre farm. He initially renovated and then rebuilt the mansion where Sumner County Tourism sits. And then he built another house while he was in the middle of renovating. And that's over to the east side of the property. But that comb, that stone barn that sits in the middle, even though he built it, he still named it Wilson Farms. And I think mm -hmm. that's just pretty cool. So that stone barn was was initially built as a, as a Tennessee walking horse barn. Well, I'm, I'm sure the National Pike wasn't there. It was probably a dirt road at that it point. It was a wasn't dirt it? road. Yeah. I was actually just talking to somebody who grew up in the Comer Barn at one point, past the initial family. Yeah. But she she would remember sitting there and there's some stone pillars right at the front of the mansion. Mm -hmm. And the, she and her sister would sit there and <laughs> on this dirt road, they would watch the cars going back and forth. And then it, they paved it and they would go out and roller skate in the middle of the, the street <laughs> because nobody was really using the road yeah, for a while. Right. It took yeah. a while before it became such a... Uh, a thoroughfare, but sure. um, so that farm, like I said, was it was really it was taken over by Guy Comer in the 1930s, and they they had a lot of horses, a lot of um, a lot of activity on that property. There's a there's a pond that sits out back on the other side really? of Vietnam yeah. veterans. Um, if you ever drive, it's one of the most beautiful views. If you're driving east on Vietnam veterans, just past exit nine, going in towards Gallatin, and you look off to the right. Quite often right now, you'll see cows. There's a, a cow okay. farmer who's who's leasing some of that property from the quarry. And uh, it's just an idyllic setting. It's beautiful. Yeah. But the back to the stone barn, yeah. um, when Rogers Group, the quarry, acquired that, they knew that ultimately something should be done with that barn. You know, they, they are interested in the uh, mineral rights that are underneath the property that they own. They're not interested on, you know, the, the frontage. They're not interested mm -hmm. on what's on top of that 
property. So the barn in particular, they knew something needed to be done with it. So, you know, fast forward from the 1930s when this beautiful barn was created, uh, Rogers Group donated essentially the the stone barn to Sumner County with the hopes that the county would do something great with it eventually. Well, and now we're eventually... Yeah. So now are. what sparked your interest in wanting to take this on? Uh, well, the story starts, it was, I think, October of 2019. And I was in the office of my friend, Bill Perrier. Some listening might know him. He's mm-hmm. he's just the sage of Sumner County. I heard him introduced one time, and that's so true. He's he's so knowledgeable, and he's poetic, and he's a, an artist and a historian. So I, it, I'm so grateful um, for his friendship. And I was sitting there, and he was showing me this video that was created in the 1930s, and it w- had footage of the the square in Gallatin and the courthouse and the cheerleaders and the football teams and all these different things about Gallatin. And then there comes the barn and these beautiful horses are being paraded in front of the barn. And I said, Bill, what are we going to do about that barn? And he said... Oh, that's that's a tough one. That's a tough one. He knew he knew that, you know, as if in 2019, the last few years from the time when Rogers Group gave the the barn to the county, it had become a pretty tense issue with people opposed to any kind of progress and doing something with it. So he knew there was a lot of issues, but he said, but if somebody can fix this, you can. And so that was a great. Well, that was nice that he recognized that in you. Yes, it was. It was a huge compliment. From an engineering standpoint, uh, it looked like you have a lot of hurdles restoring that property. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of hurdles. You know, I've been, I've spent a lot of time with the lawyers. Uh, We just enacted a reformation deed to revise some of the things that were a little haphazardly done in the original quit claim deed and make sure the the county's interests were protected a little better. So I've spent time with them. I've had, I can't tell you how many different roofers and contractors and engineers come out to look at that property. So we are, we are going to start doing some work soon. We found some structural issues. You know, we really just wanted to put a roof on it. That was that was goal number one when mm-hmm. when it came to the commission and it was finally approved for some financial support back in August of last year. The goal was just to save it, to get a new roof on it. And we thought we'd be able to do that until 2020. I mean, it was in the middle of 2020 when we approved this. But even between August and the end of the year, labor costs, lumber costs, everything has made that a huge strain. Yeah. Yeah. And then we found some structural issues that need to be resolved as well. So I think there's creative solutions out there. And that's where I've got a lot of creative engineers and contractors and anthropologists even involved in coming out to look at it. Um, So, yeah, that's that's one of the pieces, too. So we had the legal piece, the engineering piece. And now we need to raise some money. And and we're going to get on that in our next segment. But when when we come back, because I know it's going to take a little bit, we're running out of time on this segment. But I want you to visualize for everybody how this is going to look. So if you're out pulling in the driveway, you know, how that's going to to be a double drive. Part of the dreaming process. Yes, the dreaming process. And let's just dream here and do a vision board and give everybody a a scope of what you're seeing this to look like so that we can get people on board. Because I think if they want it to stay like that, they they really don't because it's not not you know, it's not doing it justice, I think, for yeah. a historic piece like that. The, I think the key and really the, the thing that's been uh, fundamental to my work on it and anybody that I've asked for good advice and and everybody that I've been able to bring on board to help support is that we need to have some great adaptive reuse of that space. Yes. So we're not going to preserve an old historic barn so people can come look through an old historic barn. Mm. We're going to make something awesome there that people yep. will be proud to, to visit. I'm so excited about it. I got to tell you, I drive by it all the time. It says something needs to be done. So we're talking with Deanne DeWitt and uh, we're going to talk about the Comer property, the Comer barn project, as they call it at this point, and what's going to happen with it and what the what the vision is for that property when we come back right here at Sumner County Spotlight. FNM. 
Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. And we're back with Sumner County Spotlight on this Sunday morning. We've been talking about Deanne DeWitt, and we've been talking uh, when we left the last segment about the Comer Barn Project, which I think is on everybody's mind these days. And, you know, everybody drives by and wants to know what's going on with it. You've become involved in this, and it's a, a very process that's overwhelming in my mind, but you're there boots on the ground. So tell us what's going on with it. Well, right now, so we um, we have a structural, well, structural anthropologist is I think what he calls himself. But uh, so he's got a little bit of all sorts of experience and he's going to come in and start working with us to uh, build a cost analysis for some creative ways that we can address the structural and roof stability issues and continue to work on the, the stabilization and just saving that structure. Mm-hmm. So that's one active and busy, you know, part of this whole project. The other piece of it that um, has taken the majority of our time right now is trying to zero in on how are we going to use the space. Right. We'll talk later, but there, our Preservation Foundation uh, hosted a meeting at the end of February and pulled together about 25 of the some of the brightest minds in our county, developers, architects, engineers, planners, landscape architects. And for uh, four hours, the Greater Nashville Regional Council came up and they facilitated what we called a barnstorming session. Mm-hmm. So not to, not just barns, brainstorming, but we're going to you know focus on in on the barn. And out of that, um, we came up with some really legitimate, feasible uses for the space. Okay. Um, and so we're working to narrow that list down so that we can have a clear vision. And you kind of we ended that last segment talking about what is that vision. Um, and I can't put uh, put it into black and white for you quite yet, but I can give you some great options that okay. we're really yeah. considering in um, in earnest. Um, one is around agriculture agriculture and education uh, or ag education or uh, regenerative agriculture. These are some of the, the buzzwords that I'm learning around the new frontier of, of agriculture and things that we all would be interested in. It's um, I think there's a, actually another word called agritainment. <laughs> so when you take agriculture and you provide entertainment to those that are going to come visit, there's so many really cool things that can be done on the grounds in the space surrounding the barn and, and that this, are agricultural. And Summer County Schools will have access to this if they well, wanted to bring their classes out there or something. That that would be the, yeah, the education component. And so I have started talking with our schools quite a bit about ways that students mm-hmm. could use, utilize the space. Um, we have more CTE programs in Sumner County than any other county in, in the state of Tennessee. Wow. And that's something we should really be proud of. So CTE stands for career and technical education. And those pathways can be, you know, all sorts of things. But ag- agriculture is one of them. I think mm-hmm. all of our high schools have an agriculture CTE path and this the 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 barn could be a great place for them to have lab and collaborative space and to then use the grounds in an agricultural way along with the space inside the barn. So that's one really legitimate possible use. Not uh, not an alpaca farm. Well, I mean, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> we could, right? We could. Is the equestrian kind of deal going on with the education? and Yeah. You know, there are. There's a lot of components. <laughs> there's a lot of components of education. And one of those components, one of the CTE paths, or at least one of the ways that um, students, you know, explore their interests around the school, the, the county is in music. So music education. Uh, yes. Something that we could consider having a space for that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
we're trying to keep all that option open. And, you know, if you visualize that, you, you, you know, pulling into that space, you could have greenhouses or garden patches, maybe even community garden, maybe the master gardeners that are mm-hmm. part of the UT Extension office would like to get involved. And then the space inside of the barn could be used for collaborative work, for for lab work, for classroom work. So that's that's something that, you know, we could could definitely see happening. Another great idea um, and something that I've heard over and over in the last year and a half is that Sumner County has some of the deepest, richest music roots that we pretty much fail to totally to harness. We we just don't celebrate them. We don't have, you know, we have some markers that are going up and I'm actually really applaud Barry Young in the the tourism for planting these different markers around the county because there are, there's so many. So, you know, we should have a cash festival, right? (laughs) Yeah. we, We should. A cash tribute festival. We should have. Build some theaters. Yeah, yeah. Get, put some <laughs> put some Branson theaters out there. We talked about this last last time, but I I just it, it'd be so great to honor the the history and have musical artists that can come and perform. Right. You know. Yeah. Bring people here. That's what you want to do. Attract them. And and when you look at that acreage around the barn. It's a very natural amphitheater, you sure. know. So uh, the way the the ground rises to the to the east, it it would be a great space for some now outside if just, music. If you could just get the blasting to go on beat, yeah, so when I know. You're performing, get okay, ready, go. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. I'll make yeah. sure to include yeah, that in my so project plan. <laughs> so I think music and anything that makes music fun, you know, food, whether it's a, a food hall component or inside stage, outside stage, I think that would be a great use for that space. It'd be, you know, I mentioned before, we want adaptive reuse of a beautiful structure. Um, So I could see um, a two-tier stage. I could see, you know, I say two-tier, like you could have a stage on the bottom and, you know, where the haylofts are currently up in Mm -hmm. the barn, you could have a second tier of, um, you know, audience up there and you could, you could even have some studio space in there. So, you know, that solution, I love it. I, I, you know, I'd love to meet you there and, you know, watch the music. That would be a great time, but I think we needed it really visionary investor to come alongside us to make so, something like that happen. Does this include the barn behind the mansion? Well, the it, barn behind the mansion is not currently part oh, of the property. Okay. Oh, I, I, was, um, I thought it was. Right? It, it's part of the original Wilson okay. Farm. It's part of the, the Quarry's property. Okay. The Quarry is currently leasing that wood barn that sits behind Sumner County Tourism. They're leasing that along with, I think, about 200 acres to the cow farmer. When you see the cows Ooh. roaming back yeah. behind there, who are very <laughs> curious, by the way. I had no idea how curious cows were. I know I, I have a couple curious cats. But cows are, I think, just as curious. They yeah. come to the to the fence line whenever I pull up out there, and they're just they study me. And <laughs> and then they've gotten into some of the structures back there that we're talking about. There's a tiny little house. It's beautiful. I wish I could show you all a picture of yeah. it. But directly behind the stone barn, there is a building that looks just like the stone barn, but it's just a tiny, tiny four room house, probably 200 square feet, and. There's been cows that got stuck inside that little house, so they're curious. Um, but in any case, the the property that the county currently leases is 17 acres. That's really just it's the stone barn and the Comer Mansion, and then the property around okay. those two. So that's currently we, what we have access to. But we're dreaming um, about those other spaces, and who knows, you know, something no, in the future could be discussed. Sure. So would the, would the county run this? What division would that come under? Parks or what? well, it's you know the most natural alignment would be through tourism. Tourism. Um, okay. I think tourism could plan events on the grounds Mm -hmm. of the property. Mm -hmm. Tourism could have a staff member that is coordinating. But something, especially like the music venue concept, I think we would more likely look 
to uh, partner with an operating partner. Yes. Somebody okay. who's actually good at it. Because yeah. county government is not yeah. really good at yeah. operating any kind of space yeah. as a business. So I would foresee an operating partner involved in that situation. You know, created this nonprofit and it's called the Preservation Foundation of Summer County. Tell us how that all came about. And well, I'm going to tell you the, the real story. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> the real story is, um, uh, let's see, last year, as I was rallying to gain support for this project in general, I knew that there was going to need to be a public private partnership. I knew we would have to have the community support it, not only just to show up and say that this is the right thing to do. And that's really important, too. I think, you know, to to move projects forward, you need to know that the community agrees. And and I've heard from people like you that agree it's, you know, it's something so beautiful. So that sure. we need a, the, the partnership. I tried to not create my own nonprofit. Mm-hmm. I actually went to a lot of people that have their own nonprofits. And I said, can we raise money through you so that I don't have to go create a nonprofit? Because I see this as a project that should be done. It can be done. It will be done. I feel confident at this point that we're going to get this done. But then there's going to be something else. That's kind of how my brain works. There's, you know, I'll mm-hmm. be looking for the next project. So I didn't really want to permanently connect myself to this project. I wanted to solve it and set it up so that operationally it will take care of itself and and be, you know, there. But ultimately, I couldn't find a nonprofit that would let me work with them. And so I decided I need to create a foundation or I need to create some kind of nonprofit. And the more I studied that concept and thought about the long-term implication, the more I realized that this county, we're, we're right at that precipice of where growth is, I want to say alarming, but it is, you know, we, do, yeah. we can't, we can't stop it. We really can't slow it down, but it is coming. And so there are so many things that are just precious and important to the identity of Sumner County. So that's where the concept of a preservation foundation of Sumner County came to light, that that this is a great project and we're going to solve this project. And then we want to have a foundation that can continue to work for the betterment. So what kind of numbers are you shooting for? In terms of donations? Yeah. Uh, You know, we don't have a cost estimate. We don't have anything that's going to tell us. There was uh, some studies done 2016, 17-ish, and there were some price tags in the two to two and a half million dollar range. And we know we have a lot more work to do than that. So, you know, is it double that? Maybe it's five million. Well, we got to hurry up because I think all the cost of lumber and everything's going up every day. I don't don't know why, but (laughs) I don't know why either. But, you know, I have not been afraid to ask anybody for help. And I have had a lot of great donors step to the plate. And, you know, I didn't walk in here with a list, so I don't want to start listing them off and and, and forget anybody. But, you know, I mentioned Bill Pereer before. He gave um, the the rights for a new painting he did of the Comer Barn. He gave the rights for that painting to the Preservation Foundation. And we've started selling G-Glaze or prints yeah. of his mm-hmm. work. Um, so that's raising money. We've had, like I said, so many engineers and people that have come out at as a favor to, to look at the project when it might cost hundreds of dollars, you know, for an hour of their time. Sure. So we've had a lot of that. Um, Simpson Strong Tie and Gallatin, they've offered to provide all the connectors and fasteners for the roof project. So as soon as that's we good. can get that going, you know, we've got them partnering. And then we have an architect, um, Lowe's Design. They've agreed to, to work with us to develop some conceptual drawings, which is probably the first really big ticket item that I did not know how we were going to pay for mm-hmm. um, until we have an idea. See, this is the thing. It's hard to raise money until you know what you're going to do with it. Yes. Are we going to build an ag education thing? Are we going to build a music venue? Are we going to build some kind of artisan center? That's a third concept that I didn't mention earlier, but I think it's also quite viable. And, you know, you talked about uh, Conway, Twitty City, mm-hmm. and the potential for something like that with the performing arts. Well, you know, we're, we do have a lot of cultural 
gaps, I think, in our county. So an artisan center, um, it was envisioned for me by Cheryl Strichick, the director of Mont Haven. And, um, you know, so that could be the answer. And so until we settle on that, it's really hard to ask anybody to contribute dollars. But, um, you know, we're looking for partners all along the way to keep pushing this forward. And that architect was a a big deal. So I shout out to John Sexton with Lowe's for offering that. Yes, indeed. And and so have you formed your board of directors? I do. I have an executive board. Um, It's myself. My secretary is Carrie Ross. She works with the Tennessee Historic Commission. Okay. I've got two vice presidents, uh, April Barker, uh, who is a descendant of Mont Comer. So Mont and Guy oh, Comer were God, brothers. Really? Wow. And uh, April is the great granddaughter of Mont Comer. Nice. Uh, Mont Comer lived in Mont Haven. So just yes. connect all those yeah, dots yeah. right now. It's pretty <laughs> cool. Um, so she's one of my vice presidents. She works with the senior community and she's done so many great things. She's just awesome. Jenna Hunter is my other vice president oh, yeah. and a lot of people know her around mm-hmm. town. She's involved in everything and she does a lot of great events and she also um, works with senior law and works a lot with the Gallatin Chamber. So she's my other vice president. And then lastly is Megan Brennick. She's a, our treasurer and she helps start Impact Nashville, which is a really cool charity. If you've never heard of that, you can look that one up, but she's in the IT field. Um, so she and I've got the same brains. We go to church together. Yeah. yeah. All connected. Well, you also, have, you've worked with uh, Greg Wilson. You get him to stand out front and ring a bell to have people come in. He's he's good at that. Greg is fantastic. Hear ye, hear ye. <laughs> I could go. We could oh, go. We could do another whole segment oh, on yeah. Greg Wilson and oh, the ways he's uh, yeah. affected our our family's life. He's <laughs> he's awesome. Yep. Yeah, totally. So when you get this board together and you start doing this, I guess you're going to have to probably do some some town meetings to get some visual input. I mean, I, I would assume you'd want to get. What yes. do you think? What do you think? And and yep. see if there's a consensus. Everybody's agreeing on least most of something. Yeah, we're, we're definitely, we we're planning for that part of the process. I'd love feedback, you know, if people hear this or they um, start pulling it, you know, checking out our, our website and, sure. and engaging with us. I've got a long list of um, people I email pretty regularly with updates on the barn, but we are going to do an event in October. So I'm really excited about this. So it's going to be our barn event. raising. We're going to do barn yes. raising. I told you before we had a barn storming and so now we're going to do right. barn raising. There you go. And uh, yeah, I think this is going to be an annual event. I think it's going to become one of those what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it's just one of those things that's permanent as part of our community. Every October, we're going to have a barn raising. And maybe it's going to get a cooler name in the future. You know, we need somebody like Justin Timberlake to create a pilgrimage fest. Well, I was going to say, I, I, I could call my buddy Keith Irvin and Carrie Underwood. They can come out and, you know, Excellent. That's exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> that would be nice. That would be nice. <laughs> now, okay, so you can, you know, regroup uh, and just think about all the people that are local that, uh, totally. that know this barn we're talking about, absolutely. too, right? So. And I think this is such a passionate thing for people that live in this area and have lived here a long time. And there's a lot of folks that know a lot of the history that I think would be totally on board with this to, to get this as a viable property and things that are active for Sumner County. So yeah, I probably have found a new friend at least once or twice a week in the last year and a half. People who have figured out that I'm working to save this and have just said, how can I help? And that's been really rewarding. You're doing a great job. And I know it's a lot of work and you got a lot on your plate, but tell everybody how they can get a hold of you, how they can donate, the website, the whole All that spiel. good stuff. Okay, yeah. so we've got, so Preservation Foundation of Sumner County is is the entity that is really going to continue to push this with my work and leadership now, and who knows where, yeah. where it's going to go in the future. But there, the website is sumnerpreservation.org, and you can email at preservationfoundationsc, for Sumner County, preservationfoundationsc at gmail. You can call me on my cell phone. It's 216-246-4008. That's my Cleveland, Ohio email phone number, but why not? I don't 
don't mind. Everybody knows my number at this point. It's I was wondering why that came up the other day. It's Ohio. I just, Ohio. Are they trying to sell me a car no. insurance, the extended warranty? Uh, you get those calls. Up. As much as I love Tennessee and I want to be 100% Tennessee, I mean, I, I wish that that was, you know, from my earliest roots. I'm just really not into all the extra effort it would take to change that phone number. I know. I could I, give you my Gmail phone number yeah. that like routes to my phone number, but that's just a pain yeah, in the butt. Too so. much. But they can find you on the website. Yeah. So tell can, that again. Sumnerpreservation.org. Okay. Thank You've you. You've got it, folks. Listen, we've been talking about Deanne DeWitt. She's taking her time and say, look, I don't see how she finds time to do anything, but she is so busy. But Deanne DeWitt, we appreciate you so much uh, and good luck on all of the work that you're doing on this because I'm telling you, you're, you're Full-time job. Thank you're you, definitely going to need it. Well, thank you very much. Well, that's going to wrap it up. Another edition of Sumner County Spotlight right here at WHIN. We appreciate you joining us. I heard it each and every Sunday at 10 o'clock and then on our podcast page at whinradio.com. Brought to you by our friends at FM Bank at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard right here in Hendersonville. This is Jeff Shannon. We'll see you next time. So long. Sumner County Spotlight on 100.7 WHIN 1010 AM has been brought to you exclusively by... F&M Bank, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. Whether you need personal banking, banking for your business, a home mortgage, or considering refinancing your home, F&M Bank will provide you with excellent service right here in Sumner County. Visit them today at myfmbank.com. Sumner County Spotlight will return next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Thanks for listening.